0: This cup of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash FM. Plus, if you'd like to support our programming personally, visit trek.fm slash donate to get our alien badges and art prints featuring original illustrations by Toba Ushi.
1: This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge. And you're listening to Trek FM.
2: TL Gray Hot
0: It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated G show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I've been spending time exploring this galaxy-class vessel we call Enterprise, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chief Engineer Daniel Prue, who is currently the sole person on duty in engineering. Uh, uh, how, how are you doing, Chief? And wait a
1: minute, wasn't there a different Chief Engineer in charge last week? Um, yes, I'm actually a little nervous about that. Uh, It seems as though um, I was actually like fifth in line like two weeks ago, so I don't really know how long I'm going to be able to hold this position for, but I guess as long as Wesley doesn't come down here, I think I'll be okay.
0: Okay, and well, I've already forgotten your name. Nah, don't worry, we'll have a new guy next week. Okay, and I'm also joined by my co-host, Mr. Moser, who is assigned to the Battle Bridge. And and Moser, I understand your job is the AV chief who records, edits, and upload videos on the Battle Bridge screen for officers to review missions they've missed. How goes it? Oh, it goes it
2: goes well, Philip. Uh, you you do remember my first name, right, Philip? Like we went we went to the academy together,
0: right? Um, well, I really don't go to the Battle Bridge that much, and I mean, it's not like you're gonna show up the first time and we're gonna see you through the rest of the series. I mean that's not gonna happen
2: now, you do remember what ship I'm stationed on right i mean you're start- you're starting to scare me i, I you might are you sure you're not a deadly hologram that's trying to kill me and get information?
0: Well, moving on, um, as you can tell (laughs) from our two introductions, um, we are talking about a topic that that I'm excited to talk about because I'm trying to convert people to my cause and maybe I'll succeed or maybe I'll fail and and we'll see what my two illustrious co-hosts have to say. But the first season of The Next Generation, um, which premiered in 1987, you know, a a lot of folks and fans who love Star Trek and who love Star Trek The Next Generation, they'll be like, oh, wait, is that the one where Will Riker doesn't even have a beard and they don't have the collars in their uniforms? Don't watch that one. That's terrible. But I'm here to tell you, listeners, that I believe season one that there's a lot that you're missing if you have that attitude. Because guess what? I used to have that attitude, too. I was like, I'm not going to watch season one. In fact, when I started a rewatch several years ago. I started at season three. Um, because I'm like, ah, that's where I'm going to start. But having done my rewatch this time with season one, there's a lot there and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some highlights of season one. So I'm kind of going to narrow the topics to a few episodes I've chosen, some choice episodes of season one for me to prove that you're missing something if you're just throwing away season one. But before we get into specific episodes, I just want to throw it out to uh, the other two and, and see, you know, what their thoughts about season one. Do they or are they like yay season one, or are they like ugh? When do they get the collars? So we're gonna start with Daniel first. What, what
1: what's your overall season one thoughts? I think I'm in a, a bit of a unique position uh, for Star Trek: The Next Generation fans. Um, I grew up, you know, I grew up watching the show and stuff. But um, we had the first half of season one on VHS when I grew up, like for some reason we stopped getting the tapes after the first half. So I've seen the first half of, of season one more than anything else. Like I've probably seen these episodes more, at least half of them, I guess, um, you know, oh my God, I can't even imagine to 30, 40 times maybe. Um, and I'm not, a am not a season one hater. I'm really not. Um, I, I recognize it as one of the weaker seasons, for sure. Um, but I would never like tell anyone to skip it. Like there's, there's a lot of really good stuff in here that people forget about, but I also, I also recognize that, you know, it's, it's, it's no season three. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's true. Nothing season three. What about you, Darren? What what are your initial thoughts about season one?
1: No, I, I think they're really similar
2: to your thoughts, Philip, where, yeah, initially, my gut says, oh, season one. It's just, he has all those scripts in the beginning that were obvious rehashes of, you know, TOS episodes. I mean, Naked Time, Naked Now. I mean, it's, it's, change the title at least a little more gene i mean but i understand that a lot of that really just came from the necessity of the writer strikes and and other things going on so i I get that and actually that today i i've i think i watched five episodes of uh of season one and it was actually really enjoyable i think with season one it's probably not best to just watch it straight through you kind of want to pick and choose those gems out but if you just focus on those uh it definitely has some great star trek moments great introductory moments and while the the overall acting's a little wooden you definitely you can definitely feel season one the most just by the acting because I think the actors are definitely getting into their roles. You know, you'll have, you have certain lines that come out that you're like, okay, uh, not just a seasoned actor, but a seasoned Star Trek actor would know, okay, we wouldn't substitute this word. And it just sounds, you know, hokey. But but those little things aside, there's some great stories in season one, and and I'm excited to talk about it.
0: When you said wooden acting, I see you're already using the Pinocchio metaphor for season one, so (laughs) starting right out of the gate there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember. How easy you humans do it. Well, speaking of rehashed title names, we're going to start with the rehashed title name episode. Um, and and I'm, I've chosen these episodes for a reason, not only because I think they're good, but I've also chosen them because they're picked throughout season one. So I have a beginning season one, a middle season one, an end season one. So the first one I've picked is Where No One Has Gone Before, of course, famously ripped off from Where No Man Has Gone Before, but where no one has gone before. And, and and just watching this episode again, I have, like, pages of notes from this episode, so I'm not going to go first, because it'll just be me doing a, a filibuster here. So I'm going to go Daniel first. And and I guess, you know, for other fans who maybe don't, you know, aren't remembering this episode off the top of their head, this is the one where, where um, they have the guest engineer and the traveler, and it ends up whacking the Enterprise-D, you know, the other side of the galaxy, and other, I mean, many other galaxies away, and they have to figure out how to get back, and... You know, it's kind of a Wesley episode, too. But, but Daniel, wh- what do you think of this episode generally? And, and, you know, what do you think it, it brings or, or, or takes away from season
1: one? So it's, it's, it's episode six of the first season. And it's, I mean, without a doubt, it's the strongest early season one episode. Um, I've always loved this episode. It's an episode that I used to watch constantly over and over again. Like, like, uh, there's so much good about it. Like it's like the traveler is interesting, even if he may be a little rapey or weird towards towards Wesley. And uh, like Kaczynski is like such a jerk, and you kind of hate him, but then you kind of feel bad for him. And like, but it's such a cool concept. Like, and not to upset our our sister show, our To the Journey fans. To the journey. To the journey. Uh, but. In season one, in the sixth episode of season one, the Enterprise traveled to a different galaxy and still managed to come back in the same episode. I mean, I'm not saying anything. You know, I'm just saying. That's all I want to say. Um, I,
0: I was watching them and they said like uh, it would take us um, what was it like 300, 300 years 300 or something yeah. Yeah. to get back. I'm like, this is the caretaker pilot. Oh my gosh.
2: What <laughs> did if they, they just send would- a message and it'll take like
1: 59 years <laughs> to get the message? What if
0: that was the rest of next generation? It was just the enterprise D getting back home? It
1: maybe would have taken you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do I love this episode. I mean, even though it is like it's like a really early prototypical Wesley episode which a lot of people, like, kind of get frustrated at and kind of don't like, um, I, I kind of feel like it's uh, maybe a, a better version. Like, it's a a good example of a Wesley episode where a Wesley episode is done right. Even though we are, like, beaten over the head with Wesley is Mozart. Wesley is Einstein. Wesley is the is the most incredible creature. He is summer. a wonderkind <laughs> of all
2: mankind. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, this is the, I mean, and, you know, when I was watching this, this was, I guess, really the second Wesley episode because you had Naked Time, Naked Now, whichever one was Next Generation <laughs> one. Um, but, but this is the one. He did not cause a problem, right? One of the few times he didn't cause the problem because usually he causes it and then solves it. This one, he just solves it. Um, but, you know, he's still Sweater Wesley. And this was the episode where Wesley gets promoted, where he gets made an acting ensign. And so, again, we'll talk about Wesley, you know, in his own show but but it is sort of that interesting moment of like well this sets up this character through the rest of the time and you know doing my season four rewatch we'll see the traveler again uh in season four remember me and again we'll see wesley who's now a full ensign will be working with the traveler again so i mean i I think it is an interesting setup for this wesley character um and 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 i always think it's it's interesting where like wesley gets ignored by Riker, but i mean which I think is like, not just because it's like Anytime someone's like, hey, by the way, that guy's disappearing. Don't bother me. Go back to your studies. I'm like, that's kind of important to know, isn't it? I don't think I would ignore that.
2: You think it gets called The
0: boy? The <laughs> <laughs> If you're doing <laughs> a drinking game here. yeah.
1: <laughs> what is The Boy doing on my bridge, number one?
0: <laughs> oh, goodness yeah and what 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 about you Darren what were your thoughts about this episode?
2: Well, definitely, it just opens up with a great sweater episode for Wesley. He's in that brown v style oh man, that thing is so atrocious, but yeah it's it's definitely like the fan club of Wesley's not till Dr. Stubbs comes around. are we shoved in the face so much Dr. about Stubbs. this wunderkind of Wesley and just how important he is but i I think. My favorite character from this episode has to be the pompous engineer, who I've neglected to remember his name. Kaczynski, but not Kaczynski. There you go. So, not since the captain of the Excelsior have we had someone <laughs> who is so pompous about, you know. Oh my gosh, he just needed a little thin mustache, and they could have been, you know, father and son. But oh, uh, and although in that aspect it was a little interesting because. I really felt like no one on the enterprise knew how the engines worked. Like even Argyle, even anyone like they're like, okay, you're on a, you're on a highly complex starship, you know, in the 24th century. And it literally feels like you're phoning it in. And, and maybe that's why they just really needed that, <laughs> you know, chief engineer position filled. But man, everyone was like, really? Are you, I mean, I, I, okay. To, to reference the JJ verse for a moment, you, In in Star Trek Into Darkness, you have that great scene with Montgomery Scott where he's like, I'm not going to let these torpedoes on. I don't know what's in them. It could throw off, you know, the balance or it could, you know, interfere with this radiation. And I'm like, that's how it should have been like traveling faster than light is freaking complex you know not just boop 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 i'm gonna <laughs> have my assistant who has three fingers because somehow that's gonna make it easier for him to enter things in our future tech buttons but anyway no, you know, no, no. know
1: you, do, you, you don't you're forgetting the very important scene where argyle says i think it's commander Riker that asks argyle um so is is what he's saying dangerous and argyle's like i don't know it's just a bunch of numbers to me it doesn't mean it. I don't think anything bad could happen and then they show up on the other side What's the worst that
0: could happen <laughs> The, the exact, and I, and I wrote this down. This is the exact quote from this episode when Riker is introducing the chief engineer to Kaczynski. He says, This is one of our chief one engineers. I'm like, Is this an arsenic and old lace situation? Like, it's one of them. You know, we got so many. We have like 12 chief engineers. He He drew the short straw today, so he's on duty.
2: And that always surprised me. In season one of Next Gen, if they don't have a chief engineer, considering how important Montgomery Scott was in the original series, that that wasn't a cast role, you know, it, right off the
0: bat. And this is the busiest, by the way, I've ever seen engineering in season one because usually it's like the one – it's like no one usually is on duty, by the way. But the, like, this one's like they, – they brought the extras for this episode because all the stations were manned on the bridge. Everyone was buzzing around engineering. They, they paid money for this episode. Good graphics, which we'll talk about.
1: I think um, – and I think doing just, just some background research, like I think it was the idea it was that the Enterprise-D was so advanced – that you didn't need a huge engineering team. It could just kind of run itself kind of thing. I think that was I the thought idea. It,
2: it was so advanced. You needed a team of chief engineers. <laughs> 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 Apparently. Well, uh, and there's like later they establish it in a wide shot that there are chairs around the quote unquote pool table. But before you see that white shot, it totally looks like, you know, Kaczynski's like on his knees, you know, putting in the variables. Like, could I get you a chair here, buddy? Like, everyone else is standing at this table it's not very ergonomical
0: and and darren you'll be happy to note i counted two scants in this episode and <laughs> oh one of them one of them was worn by a guy
2: this is the favorite pause and look up scant guy in the background this is that shot it
0: was right. another guy actually it was another guy
2: <laughs> oh, i was thinking of the red scant guy the the asian yes. guy in the background where he's like oh yeah yeah, doing you're right, all right. points bulletin to the whole crew and <laughs> everyone looks up now that i think about it That reminds me, this, I think, was one of the episodes shown in the Fathom event for season one when they were releasing the Blu-ray. And I remember that when that scant shot came up, everybody started laughing. It's just any tension the scene was trying to build just went right out the window.
0: Uh, One thing I thought that was neat about this, well, I say neat, you know, this was, and I don't know how far they did this, I'll have to pay attention now in season one, but the episode title was, like, the TOS, where, like, it took it up the centered, whole screen. Yeah. yeah, whereas everything else is just, like, you know, margin, left, you know, top, whatever. But, but it was sort of, like, had that all... If, I mean, there's a lot... I mean, again, this is season one, so you can't be like, well, that's just, like, TOS. Because, I mean, you know, it's trying on its own. Maybe that's the only way to do Star Trek was the way they How did How else it. would you do it? You're, exactly. you're following an example. So, I mean, I, like you said, the, the story you know, does make you think of, of a TOS story like, oh, you know, the Enterprise gets thrown across the galaxy or whatever. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's a good TNG story, too. And and, yeah. and you know, a, a weird alien visitor and, you know, all that
1: stuff. No, I mean, not only did they get thrown ac- – I mean, you're saying it's a TOS episode, but they're getting thrown across the galaxy through the power of imagination. Oh, <laughs> so, <my God. laughs> I mean, it's very much a
0: TOS. Account. No, Daniel, that's dangerous. <laughs> you're too young to be thinking about that. <laughs> Don't,
1: don't even speak it. This world's not ready for it. Tear to my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very, very DOS. Like, we get into a little bit different kind of sci-fi later on in TNG, but yeah, this first one is pretty interesting. And I, I do
0: just want to put a note on this, because I don't want to spend all the time on it. But the Traveler, you know, the Traveler, I think, is a very interesting character. And, and I was somewhat sad in Remember Me and then Journey's and blah, um, <laughs> that they really didn't ever do justice to him. Like, um, justice... They never, like, remember me, he's like, he returns, but I'm like, hey, he didn't really do anything. I mean, other than save today, but, like, we didn't get anything more about him. Um, but, like, I'm like, is this man a time lord or a Q? Because he has a bunch of power. Yep. And I would have loved to learn more about him.
1: I bet you if we had, uh, if we if TNG was a modern show, like... If we had what was going on now, like we would see the traveler, like in the background, like every couple of episodes, like he would be manipulating, uh, like things. the observer yeah. in uh, Fringe, yeah, or or yeah, it would be amazing, like he would he wouldn't be this just three and episodes. he'd be a famous guest actor that gets paid, a Yes, ton of course, be there. of course, yeah.
0: Now, I do want to give um, y- y'all some time because we always get uh, feedback from our fans. Talk about the Blu-rays. Talk about the Blu-rays. Okay, well, we want to talk about the Blu-rays for season one, but particularly this episode because, again, this episode, I mean, not only do I think it's a good story, but if that doesn't do it for you, the visuals, and I watched it in, in standard definition, is awesome. I mean, like, I didn't think, oh, like, it's I'm not like, oh, this is a 1987 show. I'm like, you could, I mean, it may be, a bit, it looks slightly dated, but not that dated. And I'm like, just the visuals in standard. So I wonder, like, what does this look like in HD? Because it's pretty awesome. All the, the bubble galaxy and even just the, the colorful other galaxy. I mean, we see a lot of cool visuals in this show.
2: Yeah, at the end, I mean when they not not when they get to where no man has gone before, but when they the, their first pit stop on being flung <laughs> across the galaxy, you know, it it's not it looks like space, but it looks like almost like they're in a a colorful area of space. I mean, there's all these nebulae and and things like that. It's not just the stars, and it looks gorgeous. I mean, from that to the, you know, the this kind of stretch snap animation of the enterprise getting kicked into high gear, almost expected it to kind of ride back on its back wheels, you know, as it tries to gain traction in subspace. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the visuals on this episode, even just like the sped up animation of the warp core pulsing, it just all looks beautiful.
0: And it made me wonder because this came out, you know, in 87, um, I'm like, and this was before Star Trek Five. I'm like, why does this episode have better visual effects than Star Trek Five? Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, because it's the same content. You know, clock- I just
2: imagine that <laughs> in, that shuttle crash just—it looked like it was made with cardboard on a home video. It but, was so but the, bad. But
0: the Galactic and Barrier in Star Trek Five doesn't look that as awesome as the where no man has gone before warp traveling, galaxying. Oh, anyway, but it's really cool. So I don't care—it's Blu-ray or standard. It's really cool effects. Um, two, two quick things I wanted to talk about, um, unless y'all had something else. One was, I wanted to talk about, and this is all season one for me, but I'll start here. Geordi at the Con. I'll try to keep this rant short. I love Geordi at the Con. I love season one Geordi. And, you know, I think he was a great character as chief engineer and did great stuff. Uh, you can argue they didn't do a lot with him. But I think if they had kept him at the Con, because he was like the smart aleck. On the bridge, he always have a joke, or or here we made like the sleigh ride, like oh we've been on a sleigh ride. Data's like sleigh ride, and he's like ah, oh, what else would you call it, Data? But he always has that smart. He's like. I have this thesis that there's always a smart aleck on the bridge, like Tom Paris or or, or Dax on Deep Space Nine, you know. And and when they took Geordi off the bridge, I'm like, oh, they lost it. And and there's another episode we're going to talk about where I'm going to talk about Geordi being in red is cool and awesome. But I think this is that <laughs> first time of where you had a lot of bridge conversation more than we have maybe later in the series. And so was there anything that, you, that in this episode where you're like, ah, huh, I wish we had kept that or – or, or, or were you like, man, I'm glad they brought light to sickbay after this episode, because otherwise it was this dark room with one bed? <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I, I just, I've, it's hard for me to separate it. Like, it's hard for me to say season, you know, season one is early TNG, and, and like it has a very early TNG flavor. And then, you know, once we get to season three, which is where I think most people consider the breaking point, uh, it changes dramatically. I mean, we get different lighting, different costumes, different. You know, I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's it's, it's almost a different show. So, I mean, to say like what I want what I've wanted uh Jordy as a con officer the whole time. I don't know. I guess I mean, I would have wanted Ro as a con officer the whole time, but ah. she didn't show up till much later anyway, so that doesn't really count. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't to me it's like we get one season of Jordy in as the con officer, and then six seasons of Geordi, right? He gets promoted in season two. Yeah, Uh, uh as yeah. the chief engineer. So it's like it's really hard for me to think of what would what would it have been like if he because you know TNG we never get a, a stable con officer. All right. Any final
0: thoughts on this one, Darren? Before we move on,
2: in this season one kind of mini marathon, uh Jordy as being on the con a lot of times though, he was moved to the captain's chair a couple of times. And we'll those about. were actually really cool sequences. So yeah, I mean, they, they, they did get him back onto the bridge, you know, with his little engineering station in the back. But no, I think I, I could have definitely used more Geordie on the bridge in those laid back loungers. <laughs>
0: yeah. Put a pun in that. We're going to get back to Jordy in the chair. All right. So the next episode I want to talk about is data lore. Okay. Um, and you know, I, Probably the title alone probably tells everyone what it's about. But in case you forgot, this is where the Enterprise ventures back to Data's home planet, which I'll make fun of in a second. Um, eight Where they find... I mean, three. Where they find Lore, Data's twin brother, and they put them together and Lore plays the evil twin, uh, tries to bring this giant snowflake back, etc., etc., etc. So, again, I, I have notes, so, but I'll go for you all first. So, so Daniel, you're a Data guy. What, what, what do you think about Data lore here?
1: I, I I like Data Lore. Um it's very very v- of all of the episodes I want to say it's the cheesiest it's kind of the 80s ish most. Like it's very like uh, the, you know between the music and the split screen between you know Brent Spiner and Brent Spiner which you might think I might have a problem with but since Data's actually a robot it's okay for him to play himself. He is not a robot. Android. He is an android. Sorry. sorry He's
2: that. an android. Um
1: and he does a wonderful job. Let's uh, let's give credit to to our credit it's due. I mean, <clears throat> the, the, what like we were just talking about, the Fathom events when season one Blu-ray were coming out, it, it was where no man has gone before. And then data lore. And it, there's, there's a reason for it because, well, data lore has some pretty, pretty cool, uh, special effects with the crystalline entity and stuff. But, uh, I like the episode. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, Wesley, of course, is the is the only one who realizes Data's acting weird and, and saves the day again, well, I guess. Anyone listen to him. Can <laughs> someone please listen to Wesley? Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's...
2: Two times, shut up,
0: Wesley. That's
1: right. But it's still a good episode. It's a, it's a fun episode, for sure. Well, you mentioned
0: two things, and I want to bring them up. You said the split screen, but to me, when I was watching this, I'm like... For 1987, this is awesome. Oh, it I looks can't crazy. Tell. Yeah, it
1: looks great.
0: I'm like, it's not like yeah. like you look you, at. You um, can't
2: catch it. It looks seamless. No,
0: I, I'm trying to think of um oh the Voyager one. It was the, their first season. It was it was a good episode, but the but it was kind of a bad one where they had the two Janeways and like you could oh. tell. Uh-oh. Um I don't know to, to the, the journey's journey yelling at me right now. It's
2: all about the eyeline. Yeah. If they can't get the eyeline right, it falls apart. But
0: like the visual you could tell they were overlapping two images. Again, it's a good story I just can't, you know, remember the name off the top of my head. But anyway, but this one like I'm watching this waking looking for some fake and again, I, I was—I didn't rewatch it. I've half, re, half rewatched it today, but so maybe I don't know if there's like a stunt double you can tell. But, but I mean, they they did definitely know where they cast the camera and to have the actors turn, and it did look—I I don't know if it's 100, percent but it was at least 95 because double episodes are always kind of hairy on how you do the special effects. But it worked.
2: Yeah, there was one shot with the the double effect that I would if if I was making the episode, I would have built like a awesome kind of sliding rig it's it's a it's like a three-fourth shot of data and this right when they're starting to look at their circuitry and so he's unconscious on the bio bed and later they do the top down two shot but I'm like you know I think it would have been really fun to build a rig so that you, you pan over his face and then, you know, his face is obscured by, like, a person standing there. And the rig would, like, slide him out and slide him into the next one so that by the time the, fa- the the camera finishes its pan, he's in the other bed. And people would be like, you moved the camera. How did you do that? I think that would have been an awesome shot to just double double up Brent.
0: It reminds me of that gag reel from Firefly. I don't know if you all have seen where Nathan villain keeps moving around so he's in every shot as the camera spins around to all the cast members listening to the dead guy recording
2: I had an uncle who did that at our wedding, and he was in five table photos. They took a picture of everyone at every table, you know, for us to remember. And he's in. Apparently, he sat at five tables. (laughs) It was it was quite funny. But no, this is a great episode. It's a great, you know. Oh no, he's an evil twin. Yeah, that's like oh yeah. (laughs) Uh... I'll
0: admit that's cheesy, but it's done well, so I can't argue with it too much. Even though it is the evil twin, yeah.
2: But it just opens up Brent's acting ability. I mean, Brent is a great, great actor. And you can really tell because, I mean, you realize you realize how good of an actor he is in twofold. You And how he plays Lore, because he's playing him basically with emotion or much more human. But even more so as Data, because you realize how much acting is actually required to pretend you have no emotion and that you are an android. Like that it's it's double impressive
1: and it's almost like if they were going to put like a like a brother of data in a movie they could kind of go back and maybe put lore in a movie. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it would be kind of crazy if they just made up a new brother for no reason. Like, That'd That would be crazy. Who would, would do that? It would be ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, you could just, you have this brother that's already existed. I'm pretty
2: sure Lore made, like, a dozen of these guys, so they should just be propping up all <laughs> over the place.
0: Next you're going to tell me they made up a new doctor just for one episode. Never mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> but- <laughs> for one uh, season. Um, but well, uh, the only thing that did look fake was Data's head. Or like oh, so. yeah. oh, it yeah. looked, looked horrible, but it looked straight from out.
2: the makeup department. Uh, <laughs> well, this used to hold a wig. Let's just uh, let's put this here.
0: Now, one thing that, that made me when I was watching this episode um, last year when, that made me like, man. It made me really think, like, we, how much could we have explored more about data? Because I think a lot of this thing, the episodes, like, where we didn't talk about it, but like, in where uh, no one has gone before, we actually get a lot of character stuff. We get um, Tasha stuff about her past. We get Who's Tasha? Tar- yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you later, Dan. <laughs> It's not a very good ending. Um, It's a secret. But you get Worf. um, You get Picard's mom. I mean, you get these, like, everyone's like, oh, never learn about these characters in Next Generation. Like, the fifth episode gives background on all these characters. Um, But then here, as well, Data Lore, I'm like, one thing I thought was funny, though. Again, it's TOSC, and not in a bad way, but just like Star Trek in general. They're returning to this planet for the first time. In 26 years since they found data. Really? You never thought maybe we should go back to where <laughs> we found the I Android? I wonder where old Brent Spiner is.
2: <laughs> wink, wink. Well, no, I'm like, Maybe he wow, is 26. Like,
0: like Jordy just comes down and be like, oh, there's a door here. Like, really? No one thought to look in 26 years, yeah. pull out a tricorder, and well, see? Well, <laughs> but Jordy does have
2: his visor. Like, he's really good at detecting hidden doors with that visor, as
0: we know. And looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> And again, this episode is also cool because Data tries to sneeze. And really, what more do you want by that? Um, June! <laughs> yeah, one thing we didn't talk about, and we, I mean, we mentioned it, but I want to put a pen on it. Season 1, and again, it's TOS. And again, I don't mean to be like, oh, look, they were doing this for the first time. What else? You know, Again, you can only invent, reinvent the wheel so much. But there was a lot of music, a lot of music in Season 1. And we don't ever get that much patish music again throughout the, the, the series. But I mean, I don't, it's not bad. But it, it certainly is unique to season one, and so you know, what do y'all think about the music we heard? Because I think where no one it was gone before, they used it a lot to, and, and very well, I think. But they it, it just you know eh, we're not going to do that anymore. But what do y'all think of the music throughout all the all these episodes?
1: I I love the season one music. I love the cheesy synthy, eighties poppy. I love it. Like I don't actually like it in most other contexts. Frankly, um, I'm not a big fan of like eighties music in general. But, like, on TNG, I don't know what it is about it, but, like, season one, like, I can, I just can't get enough of it. I'm like, keep it going, man. Like, whatever keyboard you're using, this is great. This is wonderful. I think it fits the tone really well. It's just, like, I, just, I love it. I can't get enough of it.
0: I know we're not the music podcast, like, Melodic Treks, hosted right. by Colin, which people can listen to. But, because, but, I mean, really, you don't hear any more, like, I mean, there's always music, of course, in Next Generation. But it's not, like, you know part of the set as much it is in season one. Really, the only time you ever see, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, the only time you ever hear it, hear it is best. the best of both worlds. I mean, that's
1: the... Well, So, Philip, are you I mean? Are you forgetting? But, I mean, not to... The best of both worlds is amazing, but music is a pretty big element in uh, the inner light.
0: That's true. And, in fact, I was watching a YouTube clip yesterday of Lessons with Commander... D, I forget her name. Um... <laughs> My namesake. It's on the tip of my tongue. No, it was Commander Darren, and they're playing the interlight music. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But anyway, but yeah, season one music. So I was on Trek Core the other day. Pressing buttons about next generation, listening to all the music. So again, it is kind of yeah, but yeah, it is it is cool. So I mean, I kind of miss it. But on Tos, you know, you can just hear any music from Tos and be like, oh, I know that episode. That's Shore Leave. Or That's you know, whatever. um Which but was, but they, was, they did
2: recycle a lot. I mean, when when the Enterprise was in trouble, you always heard like ba ba ba. Like you. Do 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 dude Oh my gosh, I use that so much. And you
1: can tell which episode I'm doing, right? So it's awesome.
2: <laughs> but no the music was great in in season one i i did enjoy it and and while again just like the actors finding their footing the music also was kind of finding its footing of how much is too much you know where do i accent and highlight the episode i mean even going back to encounter at farpoint I mean, I, I still have that image burn in my head of Picard, like, stepping out of the shadows in that oval viewport. And the music's just swelling as he's, like, staring at us while we hear him talking in his, you know, uh, on his his duty log. And, and I'm like, okay, okay, let's just take this back a couple notches from 12 back down to, like, 8 or so. But, you know, but it's good. It's it's all good. it's really It's really good stuff.
0: And I think it's something about data lore. And, again... It, it, I think it's cool, and people just be like, oh, well, of course they would. But like, oh, you know, Next Generation, they don't do continuity, wah, wah, wah. Okay, in Data Lore, you have—and I never noticed this because I just watched Brothers recently. But Lore, they have him singing in Data Lore, which I know it's Brent Spiner, but, you know, doing the whole, you say tomato. And then you have Lore singing in Brothers, again, when he's beaming off, you know— Um, his little ditty that he was singing to to Nuna so like that's a character trait they kept and then also in this episode not only does you see lore in two more episodes unless you count Descent as two more episodes but you you also see the Crystalline Entity again and so I mean again you're taking these season one elements and exploring them throughout the rest of the series so it's not like we never see um, the Traveler again it's not like we never see Lore again it's not like we never see the Crystalline Entity again so
2: although that that had to be the largest plot point that I missed in the end of brothers when he beams lore away. I'm like, where did he go? It's like, you literally activated the transporter. You're not near a single planet. It's like Laura's gone, sir. And I'm like, and you follow up to that. He's right there. Like- I can see
0: him out the window. He's waving. <laughs> curse you (laughs) next time favoritism next
1: time favoritism
2: (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just assuming he somehow got beamed over like and stuck inside the crystalline entity and then general zod style just kind of
0: tumbled away you know
1: according to brothers he was in space for two years before being picked up by the packlets so you're saying he That's, was oh. he was in the phantom zone is that what you're you're suggesting <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm I'm, I'm totally saying, i'm daniel. totally okay with that theory like i have no problem with it at all but
0: <laughs> oh lordy well before we go into our our daniel superman podcast um <laughs> what's, what's the name of that Daniel?
1: do we have a name for that yet the superman podcast
0: yeah, yeah that would be the, the your name the,
1: yet yeah it would be the dan of steel
0: Okay, the Dan of yeah. Steel. There you go. All great right. one. You can listen to it after <laughs> listening to Commentary Frack Stars. About That's right. the one. <laughs> so say yeah, we all. great. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, moving on. Another episode, um, which I think has a, a big thing you can make fun of, which we will, but I think there's awesome awesomeness to this episode, Arsenal of Freedom. Um and forget on four one
2: seven nine eight point two
0: exactly and let' me do the recap for those who don't remember so the enterprise gets caught can't move or, or they beam down um, and they're and they're getting attacked I'm trying to remember all this here um, basically uh, Picard and Bev fall into a big pit um, Riker and yarn and the rest are getting getting attacked Geordi's in charge of the enterprise. And then that's that's the and then they find it like a boss exactly. I'm I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. And so, um, you know, eventually they find out. Oh, it's just this planet that sells weapons. And then when they say, "Oh, we'll buy it," which is kind of like the Royale. Now that I think about it, um, it ends and they move on. But anyway, okay. Before you you... sure
2: do a lot of buying in the 24th century with no money, (laughs) no money,
0: no no credit checks anymore. Um, I will say one thing before I let y'all attack this episode: Jordy in command. I mean. Oh, this is also awesome because he is—he is the boss. He is in command, and that's the reason why I hate that he got shunted to the yellow uh, uniform and chief engineer. I'm like, I mean, I get okay—he showed leadership, so then he can lead the team in, down in engineering. But I'm like, oh, to me, he's almost like the Sulu. Like this man—you see him being a captain, which according to. The, at least Voyager alternate reality to the journey. Beca- yeah, become a captain. But um, but like, uh you can see the command ability right here. Um, and like uh, the red shirt. Like, I wish they kept him in the red shirt the whole time. And because you have Troy kind of can- counseling him on his first command. Um, but uh I think it's so awesome. And then one more thing I'll say before I let y'all attack it is this episode is also. You know, people like oh, they don't know how to tell stories on TNG. Okay, they have three stories going on because you have Geordi story, you have um, the the Picard Bev story, and you have the Riker Away Team story. It's almost like disaster where we've centralized all these characters and we get to see how they react. So that's why I think it's awesome. What do y'all think?
2: Well, just to tag on, uh, I'll start just a little bit with Geordi. Is I-, I really like the not fallibility, but like. You know what I mean? Like, when he's talking with Counselor Troy, and the fact that he shows that he is nervous, and he's not 100% sure, and, I mean, there's that, they set up that moment where he calls that guy to the bridge, and you expect him
0: oh, to... yes, what's his name? Him what's his beauty. name?
1: Uh, Engineer Douchebag? Is that <laughs> 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 No, he
0: only says his name 500 times, and it's the full <laughs> name. What is it? Oh, somebody look it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to memory alpha but yeah but when he's talking with troy it's just such a great you know scene because that just makes me appreciate and love geordie all the more because you know he's not <laughs> hey i get in the center chair he's like oh dang i'm in charge of this entire ship and most of the senior staff is not on board right now uh, I mean, data's down there. I mean, it, it, pretty much all the senior staff are are not there except for like Worf. But no, I, I really, I really like that hump, that humility that that Jordy displays. I think it's it's really done, especially when he mentions the the you know the crewman of there's your there's your window, Philip Chief Chief Engineer Chief Engineer
1: Logan Chief Engineer Logan. What's his whole name? Because he says it's it, all no, it I'm says really here. T-
2: can we Bob Logan. if we're gonna talk uh,
1: if we're t- Bob Logan, if we're gonna talk about this, let's let's yeah. talk about how Chief Engineer he Logan He
2: ran to the bridge apparently.
1: You know. no, 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 like, Alright, a- you're in
0: command of the saucer.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> of the captain's <laughs> jet. <Jedi>. <laughs> of wah, the captain's jet. <laughs> okay, but this is important because Chief Engineer Logan is a lieutenant. At this point in the series, um, Jordy is a lieutenant junior grade. Are mm-hmm. you telling me, in with a thousand people, you have no lieutenant commanders on the ship, or even more senior lieutenants or lieutenants who can do this job? Are you like, are you, are you kidding me? Like this is, and the... it's not just that you know there's no lieutenants. It's that
2: there's, I mean, all the other lieutenants are literally being attacked during this time. Like, it's the most critical of times. They're not just off-shift. They're being attacked. See, this is the episode
0: where they're like, all right, all TOS fans, you're all like, oh, why don't you send the captain down? This is what happens when you send the entire cast down. (laughs) You have Lieutenant Ensign in charge of the entire ship. This is why we (laughs) don't do it, people, okay? That's why we keep the captain on the bridge. You know what happened this whole time TOS was in charge? Crewman Third Class Smith was in charge of this flagship,
1: okay? So when you were talking, Philip, about... um you know about jordan being in command i was i was kind of thinking and considering like do we do we see every member of our crew the, you know the seven main cast members we see them all in command at some point right yep, you are. and they all do oh, they all But who <laughs> who? <laughs> who and they all do fairly well right like i mean i mean do we, except for, do we actually see Worf ever in Worf? command? Except, it, except the for emissary. when he assumes, except for when he assumes command, yeah, an emissary. And, uh, but uh, and
2: later we'll see him, you know, in command of the Defiant. In which, the command of the Defiant, so but in in, TNG, in in the Star right. Trek universe, he is
1: yeah, in the but, show that yeah.
0: matters. Do we? Well, he was the lowest. He was the lowest ranking well, one, so that's why. But even he got so a I'm, couple can... seconds time there.
2: No. Well, yeah, see, I'm keeping right a right. list of all the commands that Riker's turned down. Uh, so the Melbourne, um, the good ship Lollipop, and uh, you know, <laughs> oh man, that was that was a fun moment of you know he's just messing with that guy who looked super creepy and suspicious, even if he was a good friend. Man, he was just giving off a vibe. <laughs>
0: well, it goes to show you all of his friends who graduated with have commands of their own. What's going on, Will Riker? Yeah, man, I hope we do a podcast uh, about that soon dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
2: one of the things I really liked about this episode was that they used the saucer separation as an actual tactic, and it was like hey we're we're getting pummeled by this thing we can 't see let's actually separate, and I know that this is something that we planned on doing more like fairly consistently, but yeah. And it, and it worked great. And, and the battle bridge is such a great set. It's just, you feel how it's kind of slimmed down and utilitarian. And, and when, you know, you see it reentering the atmosphere. I mean, again, talking about the Blu-ray, seeing that saucers separate and then swing around and you have these really close shots of the battle bridge section. And it's, oh man, the visuals in space on this episode were great.
0: Yeah, and, and we get to see some junior officers that that Lieutenant uh, LaForge is, is now in command of, who's now the bridge crew or the battle bridge crew.
2: Instant pep talk and miss I don't know what button to push. <laughs> That's what
0: happens when you leave the entire senior
1: crew off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, yeah.
0: This was lower decks before there was lower decks. Um, but again, we, you know, we don't ever see anyone else, blah, blah, blah. Um, I expected them to all
2: do a jump freeze frame at the end in excitement. That's what it felt like when they're all like giving each other the, the look like good. Job, yeah, I, I'm gonna blog about no, this. but
1: I just feel like, I, and you guys, maybe you don't feel the same way, but I feel like if all, yeah, Captain Picard and Riker and Data and 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 Crusher and and all of these people, yar, they're all on the planet. I feel like there are at least who, two, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like there are at least two to three backup teams of commanders and lieutenant commanders. Who can replace them. So it's like, no, you don't instantly fall back on your lieutenant junior grades. Like, we have these other people who can
0: fill in. Well, that's, there's these, only a few people who are in the command track. So you had to have the red shirts. You don't want, you know. No. Now, it's interesting because there was a senior officer on that bridge, Lieutenant Commander Troy. <laughs> oh, <shit.
1: clears throat> yeah. yes. shit, so was it, would, it, would hurry, hurry. it would take a disaster.
0: It would take a... It would take a disaster before she took command <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and well, they tutors, so
2: she had a bigger closet so she could have an actual uniform in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, all right tough. now let's talk about the elephant in the room. There is a horrible uh visual effect in the show with the weapon it's, it's not that good we'll we'll throw it out there it's not that good. It reminds me
2: give yeah, it the little yeah, yeah you know, pa-choo, pa-choo. Floaty thing it reminds me <coughs> of
0: uh. Of the TOS, we're referencing it so much. A shore leave episode where they're showing like, here's the scanner that's scanning the crew right now. It's like that sort of reminds me of like, where's the where's the string? I think I can see it. But but beyond that, I think the story is still strong because um, you have Picard, Bev. You know what's what's going to happen between those two? Will they?
2: Won't they? <laughs> Which again, I'm just saying the the stickler part for that part. Pressure, was, uh, Pressure. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no one else on the Enterprise knows anything about medicine at all. Not even a correspondence course, not even basic training. Like, he was moving her broken leg around like it was silly putty. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, oh, goodness. But anyway. But I, I, it is one of those, when I watch, because when I watch these season one episodes, they really do make me think. Like, oh, they did think about that and show that. And what could have been? And anyway. All right. Well, let's 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 let's. Uh, one last ahead, point, sure.
2: though, I, I I think with the, like you said, the floaty shooters of death were, you know, not the best special effect. But uh, uh, one of the special effects I noticed that actually looked really good was at the very end when they're. Picard's trying to talk down the hologram salesman and you see the display that's showing the two blips it's actually pretty impressive again for 1987 like the blips are moving and the and the boxes around them is changing and you see the little floating you know triangle representing the the probe and I'm like okay that that actually looks I mean for a show where we've talked many times about the displays feel so static and to see that I'm like okay like I actually buy that this is a computer that's controlling everything and that's scanning these two. And he makes the call of like, oh, I think these three dots might represent their way team. And I'm like, I would totally, you know, come up with that assumption based <laughs> off of what I was seeing.
0: And I do love that character actor who plays that salesman. He's That's a very funny casting there. I mean, he works. It's, it's funny, but that's it. He does. He does. He's like, excellent. <laughs> Don't you want to see any more? No, I buy it. I buy it. It's in it. Anyway. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's end it with one of the stories that ends season one um, because Neutral Zone is terrible. Um, conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Oh it is, it really is. Um look, I can still <laughs> admit there are there are some great <clears throat> ones. Not because of the rhymes. Daniel Daniel replicate me, you got to Exactly. Um but anyway the conspiracy. Talking about the good one. Conspiracy. So now I'm I know Daniel's the order, but because he loves this episode so much and it means a lot, Darren, I want you to go first. So what what about conspiracy? 'Cause I know I know this is one of your first episodes ever, so so what do what do you think? It, yeah. It-
2: it was either the first episode ever or it's definitely the first one i remember because it gave me nightmares uh the end shot where they the guy's head explodes and then his chest melts away <laughs> to show the evil alien like it's it was pretty pretty scary which now that i'm thinking about it oh man my memory is just i, I vision green aliens and squiddy aliens and oh there's – and yeah the they're eating basically which i think would later become Grubworms. You know, beetle <laughs> yeah. grub worms but uh, at the time but no this was uh, a great episode and what i love about it at least through research and history it seems like this um this episode was actually setting up i mean we we talk about continuity again in tng this alien menace was supposedly supposed to return in what eventually became the Borg, uh, that uh, they were supposed to be a more insectoid type look. And it wasn't until decades later, we had the technology to create, you know, insectoid type, you know, main characters. And, it, you know, the, the writers changed and it went a different direction. And, and we got the Borg, which are, I think, vastly better than a puppet, you know, what it would have been like some sort of puppet uh insect army but but man the mystery the i mean i I don't know the three captains like oh yeah uh no one's gonna report that three four federation starships just showed up at this random planet all the thousands of people on board aren't curious at all that you know it's just us four you know wink wink let's you know do the secret handshake and uh but but no i i it, even throughout the nightmares, though, it was a great, great start to uh, to TNG for me.
0: Are the have nightmares ended, Darren? Do you still hear the voices?
2: It, it said, "One moon <laughs> circling, circling," and I didn't know what it meant for ever and ever.
0: Now you, 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 br- you, <laughs> you bring it up.
1: Who are you? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Now
0: you bring up continuity though, and I'm blanking on the episode title because this was this episode was set up by a previous episode in season one, and I'm blanking on it because that's when the commander um, jerk face comes right. and to investigate, and he finds out oh they're all awesome, and then that's when they finds out later that oh and, conspiracy- and they did reference that yeah, yeah. the admiral uh,
2: admiral triangle across his belt. That- <laughs> Punched out uh, Riker. I was right? about to say,
0: Darren, after watching this episode as a little boy, did you take your vitamins? Because you're like, man, I could be like 78 and punching out Riker.
2: Uh, I think I could really tell it was a stunt <laughs> double that did that roundhouse <laughs> kick on Riker. And Worf. I'm like, there's no way. And Worf, yeah. Well, and and the uh, uh, how every time the power goes out and they got to open those doors and they got to put the little thing on it and push the button and they got to struggle... Man, Jordy just flew through that door. Oh, I did. Like it was, <laughs> oh, that was great. But and, and I was kind of sad though that Worf didn't kick his butt because I, I, I know it's okay if we want to show that they're strong. You know, they kick Worf's butt. But honestly, I would have liked to see Worf actually be the one that takes him down because Worf should be portrayed a little more. You know, as badass because
0: he was he was the security chief by now.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. wait right. what, what do you mean? Yeah. Why was yeah. what happened that made him security chief at that point? I don't. Uh, what do you
0: say?
1: Oh, uh, y- Yahoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> doom 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 doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom. Data, something's <laughs> got me.
1: <laughs>
0: Legacy made no sense to you, did it? Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it
2: was- I really should have put a little more context around that. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> I know it's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh goodness but but yeah i mean i you know conspiracy to me is not necessarily to me the one of the stronger stories but it, it works i mean again because I'm, I'm trying to, i'm not trying to be like oh, i'm only choosing the good ones i'm gonna choose a good flavoring sample here of season one um but yeah because i think neutral zone it has issues but i mean um but i think conspiracy here was that their attempt right to have this almost an arc i mean they, they kind of planted the seed earlier with the Episode I'm forgetting, I'm sorry. I wouldn't yell out the episode, I'll hear it. Um, earlier. And then now they have it here in conspiracy and which I think it, it maybe they were kind of forced to rush this up sooner than they wanted to. But I mean, yeah, very, very good. I mean, this is this is what Star Trek the Next Generation can be about. It can be these big ideas. You know, the first time returning back to Earth, right? Because this is where the conspiracy is in the heart of Starfleet. Which apparently Starfleet's only run by three people, but we'll put that aside for a second. <laughs> <The> uh- <laughs> creepiest three men
2: ever. Oh my gosh. When they're on that phone call. Oh, I'm like, okay, I'm getting some serious vibes <laughs> off of these guys. And and he asks, he asks uh, Counselor Troy, what do you sense? Well, I'm sorry. Their thoughts were drowned out by, you know, the population of Earth. <laughs> I kind of couldn't filter out. I kind of kept thinking that.
1: Would you like some mealworms? <laughs> mm. And Riker just digs
0: in because Riker's a trooper. Oh, uh, Riker takes one for the team. <laughs> <He> does <laughs> too.
2: It really He does. never breaks character at the costume parties. It's great. <laughs> he'll
0: eat Klingon food. He'll eat grub alien slug food. And...
2: Well, and and another, I mean, yeah, I, I took a lot of notes on this one. I mean, they have the great 47, 47, 47, 47, 47 reference where it's like, it is number 47. No denying it. Oh, episode 47. Yeah, it's, oh my gosh, there were so many 47 <laughs> in it, but... Uh but my favorite flub, which I didn't catch before, I don't I don't know if you two did, but there's a moment where Picard's like, Okay, increase to warp six and Forge is like, "I, sir, full impulse. Yes, and I have caught that before. And I'm like yep. <laughs> And I was like, Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Wait, full impulse? That doesn't make any sense. You basically, he's like, okay,
0: bring us about. I,
2: sir, jettisoning the core.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. LaForge, you make a terrible con sir. Oh, we do have an <laughs> opening in engineering. <laughs> That's what
2: happened. And and then the other part was when they finally beam down and, and they meet the, the three bad admirals, you know, face-to-face, and the one guy gives the Vulcan salute, and I'm like, you were a Vulcan? I totally didn't even catch that. It, it, I mean, because he's got the shaggy, a little bit of shaggy hair, and I'm like, oh, okay. looking closer, you do see the ears. Romulan. Like, wow, I I did not even catch that until you gave the symbol. I'm thinking, is this just a universal greeting we use, you know, at the Federation, you know, lounge? But oh, and,
0: and I have to imagine, you know, that there's some vindictive TNG writers who are getting angry uh, faxes from Tos fans this, that during that year, they're like, fine, you want a Vulcan? Here's a Vulcan. Now we're gonna shoot him with a phaser. All right, shut up. No more Vulcans. <laughs>
2: And then the emperor's swivel chair at the end, you know, where he's using his giant iPad uh, wall, which that's a beautiful image. That kind of sector Mm -hmm. zero, like the Federation sector Mm -hmm. map. That's a beautiful, beautiful one. But yeah, it it is like the most dramatic swivel, like, oh, in this giant room again, way to use space. But
0: and they blow them up. Let's talk about it. They blow them up and you have alien body parts
1: going everywhere.
2: Is it the most? Is it and the, the and most the great stop motion animation crawling? Uh, <laughs>
1: is it the most gruesome little, little thing we see in Star Trek? I think uh, the only thing that may may compete is the Star Trek Two ear scene, right? Like, is that oh, really? I, see. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That's it. Like,
0: um, I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of Star Trek Five. Oh, you're not talking about that one. Oh, oh right. right. One. Not, not. I mean, not. <laughs> your, your, your. No, I know, yeah, I mean, that, that was, I think, I mean, there was a whole brouhaha about, like, can they even show this episode, or at least that scene, just because, I mean, back then. I you mean, know, it's,
1: like, it's ridiculous stuff. to watch now, but it is, It is. I mean, it's still a little unsettling. I, still. Gruesome, yeah, yeah. Didn't, yeah.
2: didn't they sometimes censor it with, like, putting more of an explosion, like, over his face so you didn't see? I mean, it's very, you know, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the yeah. Lost Ark, and yeah. you know, Melty, Melty Face. Melty Face,
1: yeah. You see,
0: like, his skull, and then Bloom. And, yeah, yeah, you do,
1: yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Really, so we- like really, really dark territory for Star yeah. Trek. Like much darker well, than usual. That whole episode. Well, is. It, I
0: mean, the you know, it, the ending, right? Doesn't it end on like, oh, he, yeah. did he get a signal out? then you hear it. It's
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> going towards that one nebula that's over there. <laughs> yeah. no, it's it, it's definitely dark. I mean, especially that the part in the beginning when the captains are all standing in the cave and they're all like man they're about to shiv someone cuz they're <laughs> really really suspicious uh and and yeah it, I, if i was Riker, i would not let picard beam down there cuz that was if if picard's going to be killed that's where it's going to happen like down in a cave uh and he didn't beam down with a phaser he's like uh data i love that line he's like data done one does not beam down to to um to Starfleet headquarters, armed and and Data's just going, oh shoot! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, any any closing thoughts about season one? I know there are. Um, Daniel, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, what? I mean, we picked some episodes, but I mean, you know, what? Obviously, I. I mean, I don't know. I picked the good ones. I didn't purposely pick bad ones. I purposely picked some quality ones, but also throughout the season. But but kind of, what's your season one? You, know, you get a new um, person who's like. Oh, I've listened to this Earl Grey thing and y'all are kind of funny. Not really though. I don't want really to watch the TNG. You know, do I start at season one or do I start at season three and work my way back? What What would you advise Daniel about how fans who either have seen season one, don't really remember it or haven't seen it at all. How would you recommend they handle season one?
1: Yeah. Well, to me, I'm kind of a completionist. So it's, it's like blasphemy to, to suggest that you would start with a better season. Like, I mean, I guess it's a nice idea, but it's like, no, no, you should start at the beginning because, oh, I don't know, that's the beginning. Um, so, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, as TNG fans, I think I think most Star Trek fans would agree, we, we kind of start out the weakest. And, and, and Star Trek in general isn't known to start off with both feet on the ground. Um, and even on top of that, I think a lot of people would say that TNG kind of... Stumbles a little bit out of the gate, but that's okay. It's okay. I mean, because 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 season one to season seven is a big journey, and and it's you know to the journey, right? To the journey. It's, not, it's to the journey. It's not about the destination. It's, Wrong content It's about the journey. It's about like how you get there, and like you know, season three to me is is where it's at. Season three is where the show really finds itself but you 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 don't you can't really understand season 3 unless you've seen season 1 and season 2. And and not to say that they're terrible seasons, they're just they're not as strong. But you there's so much story and and so many good episodes. Like I can't say season 1's a terrible season because even if there's five great episodes and 17 terrible episodes, I would still think it's worth watching for the five great episodes because they're so good. And I actually think it's it's the ratio is not that bad, but uh, so I I I would never suggest that anybody skip season one. Watch season one. Enjoy season one for what it is. Understand that it's very flawed, but it, you know it came out in a time when when TV was in a place where you it was okay to not really know where you were going at season one. Like now we're kind of accustomed to you have to hit it. You you have to hit a grand slam out of the gate or you're done. You're canceled. You're out. But no TNG wasn't like that. It existed in a time where it was like. As long as we had good ideas, as long as we were just you know aiming, you know, f- for the stars, we could we could fix any problems in season two or season three or season four. So I, lo- I I don't love season one, but I don't hate it, and I think that it's important. So I say watch it. All right,
0: Darren, what are your season one conclusion thoughts?
2: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely. Uh, I think we we said it better back in. Uh, Earl Grey, episode eleven, Trek on the first date. I think we we talked a lot about good starting points of TNG, and and some of those are you know in season one. I mean, Encounter at Farpoint we've discussed before is a great pilot, uh, and and like I really like what Daniel was saying though about the time it was in, and and you're right, it it was it was this big experiment of could Star Trek come back without Kirk, and I think our generation kind of misses a lot of that. Uh, subtlety that was there because we we didn't necessarily grow up with the original series and and the whole group of people that were like, oh, you can't have Star Trek without Kirk. So in, in context of that, you know, season one is a great start to what became, you know, an amazing Star Trek series. So it, yeah, and it has some great episodes. It's been really fun kind of rewatching it today and and catching up and I definitely want to you know go I'm going to pop in my blu-ray some more and watch through some more of those good uh the good ones I mean yeah the, and the bad ones it, you can laugh at them cuz I mean every every show every series has good and bad and Angel um, one you know it, oh gosh I did watch that one just for honestly cuz I couldn't remember it cuz I had barely watched it so many times but <laughs> uh It's a couple of. It gives us that great snowball, you know, (laughs) on the holiday. But anyway, no, it's it's good, and they're like we've said. The characters are filling themselves out. The effects are filling themselves out. You know, the music. But really, it it's think of it this way: if you were to start with like season two and consider season one almost like behind the scenes of like how the show was being developed and how people are. You know, piecing together, not that you'd ever package it like that, but if you looked at it like that, you know, we'd be eating it up. We'd be like, oh, look, this is how they introduced this character. Oh, look, this is how they explain more about data. So we should just consider ourselves lucky we get the good episodes and, and the great, you know, the great stories that come out of season one. And
0: if you started at season two, you'd be saying Beverly who? or <laughs> or
1: yarhoo <laughs>
0: but anyway yeah yeah you you guys have really said i mean the reason that i the you know i'm doing my rewatch of tng so of course i started at the beginning um, but like i really if if you if you like next generation and even if you like star trek i really think there's a lot there because to me it almost reminds me of the original series where you have this sort of cartoon version of like oh you know spock just says things are logical and mccoy's yelling and Kirk's firing phasers and kissing women but like you watch it and there's way more than there's way more detail or there's way more time of like yeah. where you just see the crew hanging out and being it's not even part of the story you just see more of that universe and that
2: memory focuses on the cliches yeah and, and i
0: think that's not yeah and that's season one next generation you see like to me i'm fascinated by geordie Season 1 story Because I'm like Oh he was very He was cool I, I mean Not that I'm saying He wasn't cool in, As Chief of News, But I'm like He did a lot He wasn't just there Pushing buttons Saying you know I'm setting course And let's go And wasn't it cool To have a blind guy Steering the ship I mean he actually Was doing a lot of Cool stuff Other than just Looking out the window um, and, and But I mean There's so much more In Season 1 And Yar. I mean You know uh, Yeah <laughs> That that You know All these things That could have been and, and you know Like oh well, Riker doesn't have a beard I mean no Riker is still cool in season one, um, and, and there's just so much that I would definitely, if, if you were like me just a few years ago and like, I'm not watching it, rewatch it again. Give it a second chance. And if you don't like it again, then we're just all liars, I guess. I don't know. What do you want? Um,
2: so do we get a second verse to our ever popular Data in Red? Is this La Forge in Red? <laughs> well, it, it if, even works. We, La Forge in Red.
0: Well, you know, it it's it's been awesome to talk about season 1 of The Next Generation this week, but that's just one of the many topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. So here's a quick look at what you have, may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit.
1: Janice Rand
2: and Rand braces for impact against Kirk. If I were on that bridge and I needed to brace for impact, I would totally grab
0: Kirk. I'd grab Rand. You'd grab Rand? All right. Yeah. Different strokes (laughs) for different folks, I guess. Earl Grey.
2: Missing 24th century technology.
1: How about, like, a gun that shoots hypo sprays?
0: No, I assume you mean it shoots out the... The the, the, the chemical. (laughs) There's like a little mechanical thumb that dispenses it The Ready Room Affliction
2: Affliction and Divergence Yeah, the other interesting thing about that, though, is to compare the Klingon ethics with the Section 31 ethics, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, there are some groups within the Klingons who maybe don't feel exactly the same way But then there's this group within the humans who feels completely different You kind of wonder what the Klingons think maybe about someone who wouldn't do this The Orb implications of genetic genetic enhancement and our scientific advancement is is picking up pace all the time our technological advancement i think the urge for us to artificially enhance ourselves is going to be too great for us to ignore to the journey resolutions (laughs) rewrite Overall, this is a great story. It's about, like, love and loss and, and about moving on and not being able to move on and has some baddies at the end, you know, and it's just, it's yeah. uh, it's good.
1: Come on, this is why Harlequin paperbacks get sold.
2: Commentary, Trek Stars. <laughs>
1: Iris Steven Bear Crash.
2: I, I love Iris Steven Bear as, as much as, as uh,
1: anyone can love a television showrunner who they never met. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's good, that's good. <laughs> I'm ready for the other. Warp 5. Xenophobia and the Coalition of Planets. Justification in his mind is that the Vulcans were observing us, mm. they knew the war was happening, mm. they didn't do anything to stop it, but, you know, it really
2: wasn't the place of the Vulcans to step in and stop World mm. War Three.
1: Literary Treks. James, James Swallow, the poison, poison Chalice. Everybody in this story is dragged into a situation they don't want to be in and that's kind of where the the title the poison chalice originally came from is the idea that you know Riker is given this promotion which uh, on paper sounds like a really great idea but it's a poison chalice you know it it turns out that it's not what he thought it was and in fact you know he's being dragged into something that he doesn't want to be involved in and that's what else is happening on trek.fm
0: all right. Check out these shows and get it on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on all the platforms, to include iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, and/or you can go directly to the website and stream and download files. Just visit Trek.fm/PD for the podcast directory to get all the links mean, um, if you'd like to share your thoughts on season one or anything else that we talk about here on Earl Grey, about the next generation, just go to trek.fm slash contact and you'll see there's a form there. Just choose the send to show option and choose Earl Grey because that's the name of our awesome podcast. Um, any message you do there will come to all three of us by email. Um, you can also choose the tab on the right hand side of the page and send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. We still haven't got one. We'd love to hear from y'all. And you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums uh, at trek.fm slash forums. Of course, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. All right, Daniel, if anyone wants to talk to you about any uh, evil Android twins you might have, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Well, Twitter would be the best place. They could find me uh, at 1updan. That is the number one, not the word.
0: And Darren, if they any listeners want to talk to you about the variety of scants they can order from you, where can they reach you on the internet?
2: Uh, they can go to scantman1 at gmail.com. No, sorry, sorry, no, that's that's not true at all. Please don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they can find me uh, on Twitter at Dr. fi. that's D-R-S-C-I-F-I, or they can catch my other podcast, the Dr. Sci Fi show, where we're discussing sci-fi novels this month.
0: Alright, and I just listened to the episode and it talks about that star what's that other series called? Oh Star Gate. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar. <laughs> oh. yeah. uh, and y'all can find
2: It's in another galaxy far, far yeah. away, that apparently we traveled through <laughs> on, the, on our way to uh, That's right.
0: <laughs> the edge of the universe. Oh lordy. And you can find me on the internet on Twitter as well at NC Public Servant, NC like North Carolina. And you can talk about all wonderful things there, including the new sci-fi series we'll be starting, Yahoo, where the security <laughs> chief keeps regenerating. Who? Exactly. Who? Before we go, we'd also like you to please support our sponsor, who makes it possible for for us to bring Earl Grey and the other shows here on Trek FM every week audible.com it's a great way to read all the books you've always wanted to read and audible is a premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week from classic to current bestsellers audible has something for everyone there's so many Star Trek books available on audible and um, two of the books that are next generation oriented that I've read and hopefully you all would love to listen to which I would love to listen to too include the devil's which is read by gates mcfadden who appears in season one of the next generation not in season two though and q in law read by both john delancey and majel barrett who both appear in season one on multiple occasions as a trek.fm listener you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great audible is so give it a try today and catch up on all those classic books you've had you haven't read yet or the latest novel from your favorite author so just go to audibletrial.com slash FM and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash FM, And we thank you and Audible for supporting Earl Grey and trek.fm. Also, if you want to help donate to our cause and help us to continue to bring Earl Grey to you each week, you can go to our website to get your alien badge and art prints featuring original illustration by Toba Ushi. You'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each and every week across the subspace network. So uh, It's been a great time, guys, but um, I have to figure out how to get out of this uniform. It's kind of tight here. You can, unfortunately, see a lot. I really want to get to something a little bit more looser where you can... Is it
2: cold? Is it cold? There, I, it's,
0: it's, what can I say here? It's a, it's a, it's a polar vortex right now. So we thank everyone for listening, and make it so... Live long and prosper. Engage. Fire.